Scrooge fell upon his knees and clasped his hands before his face. Mercy, he said. Dreadful apparition, why do you trouble me? Man of the worldly mind, replied the ghost, do you believe in me or not? I do, said Scrooge. I must. But why do spirits walk the earth? And why do they come to me? It is required of every man, the ghost returned, that the spirit within him should walk abroad among his fellow men and travel far and wide. And if that spirit goes not forth in life, it is condemned to do so after death. It is doomed to wander through the world, oh woe is me, and witness what it cannot share. But it might have shared on earth and turned to happiness. Halloween might seem like the spookiest time of the year, but Charles Dickens, M.R. James, Edith Wharton, and other literary greats felt otherwise. They were among the many authors who set their most terrifying stories during the dark and chilly days of Christmas time. Reading a ghost story on Christmas Eve was once as much a part of traditional holiday festivities as turkey, eggnog, mistletoe, and even St. Nick. On today's very special holiday mini-sode, we talk about a lost tradition of sharing ghost stories during Christmas time. We also talk about one of the most famous ghost stories of them all, A Christmas Carol, along with sharing two California-based ghost stories that were set during Christmas. What happens when you throw a Christmas party at Alcatraz? It turns into a haunted Christmas party. And what happens to a gentleman from Butte County, California, when he stumbles across an unusual plaque and brings it home, only there was something attached to the plaque that followed him home. We talk about this and much more on episode 28 of our Halloween holiday Christmas ghost stories. Merry Christmas to all, and to all a fright night. Hey, boo, hey. So real quickly before we go into the episode, we wanted to share this awesome ghost story that was written by one of our listeners, Mitchell Ralston, who sent this to us after we recorded our episode 28, but we had to incorporate it into this episode since Christmas is the time of sharing ghost stories. So thank you so much, Mitchell, for sharing this amazing story with us and to everyone else that's listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. And here it is. This one is called Marley Was Dead to Begin With. Marley was dead to begin with. Well, not exactly, but this line is a classic way to introduce a Christmas tale with ghosts. And the story has lots of ghosts in it. Our story takes place one foggy Christmas Eve. For foggy nights are perfect nights for ghosts. Christmas Eve is one of those days of the year where ghosts and specters are mere active, and in particular, the fabled cruise liner, the Queen Mary. Long past are the days when the grand dame of ships would ferry passengers on exquisite excursions across the Atlantic, 
Nowadays, the ship sat proudly in the Long Beach Harbor, yet the second one steps abroad. You can very much sense the history. You can smell the cigars of Winston Churchill as he planned the storming of the beaches of Normandy. You can almost taste the magnificent spread of a Christmas dinner long since passed in the Grand Salon. You can almost hear a jazz quartet tuning up to play a collection of carols in the first-class lounge. You can almost feel the spray of water from someone splashing into the first-class swimming pool, and you can hear the laughter, the laughter of Mary. Scary Mary, as she's known affectionately to the other ghosts, to be precise. Mary died tragically, drowning in the pool when she was six. To her, every day is another day to find a playmate to play with for all eternity. Mary was in poor spirits this Christmas Eve, pun intended, as she saw the children who stayed on the ship as guests of the hotel. It has become eating cookies, writing letters to Santa, and making Mary. This enraged Mary and depressed Mary all at once. She began to become a little poltergeist, doing destructive pranks, tossing dishes in the kitchen, and angering the ghost of the chef, stealing records from the first-class lounge, and stopping the ghost of the woman in white from dancing, hiding wrenches in the boiler room, and stopping Half-Hatch Harry, so named from his unfortunate demise, crushed underneath watertight door number 13 from doing his daily routine of clamoring, making noise, and scaring the mortals. The ghosts all had enough of this misfortune and all went to the ghost of the captain to see if anything could be done. Don't you see? Mary is jealous. All the children get Santa to bring them presents, and little Mary is forgotten year in, year out since 1950 when she passed the mortal coil. The captain harumphed importantly as he coughed up a barnacle. Ew. Why we could very well give her her own scary merry little Christmas. The ghost of Half Hatch Harry mused. He gathered the ghosts together and quickly their devious minds began to plot a happiest haunted holiday for the youngest ghost on the Grand Haunted Ship. So sweet. The chef set about spooking the night kitchen staff so he could cook a marvelous spread of mildewed banana peels, deep fried scorpions, and toenail clippings molded into the shape of a turkey. The woman in white danced across the queen's salon, tossing broken ornaments left and right and decorating the hall with spectral floating Christmas trees and hundreds of spectral candles making the room shine like a ghostly night sky. It was truly a frightful sight to behold. The captain worked feverishly to fashion a Krampus costume for half-hatch with what was lying about. Moss and barnacles gathered from the bottom of the ship made for fur and fangs, while rope from the riggings and chains from the boiler room made the tatters of Krampus's coat. Coal from the long, stifled engines made the black makeup to make half-hatch look more bestial, and two ice cream cones stolen from the ship's marketplace cafe made for the horns. Standing back, the captain admired his handiwork. It would soon be midnight, but there was so much to be done. The woman in white danced with some dolls and toys she spirited away, pun intended, from the ships lost and found, wrapped up and set under the various ghostly Christmas trees. The woman in white danced to the pool where she found a sobbing Mary. She beckoned to the childish ghost who took her hand, trusting the older ghost. Together they danced to the Queen's Salon where under the spectral candles and floating Christmas trees, the various disembodied spirits that haunted the ship joined them for a feast of inedible food which fell straight through their incorporeal forms and a chilling round of Christmas carols sung in a minor key. Death. 
when the party was interrupted by the sudden arrival of an uninvited guest. In a cloud of smoke and brimstone, the room was darkened by smoke, smoke which was only illuminated by the glow of the assembled ghosts and the glow of two glowing, ferocious eyes. The spirits could barely make out the form of a powerfully built man standing almost eight feet tall on goat's haunches. I think I dated him once. It menaced closer, and they could see its mouth, a jumble of chaotic teeth, long and sharp, a tongue flickering past the teeth to drool a continuous stream of saliva. The beast pointed at Mary with sharp claws and beckoned her closer. Scary Mary squealed in delight as the Krampus opened the wicker basket on his back, pushing back tiny hands of mortal children he had gathered that night, and presented to Mary a gift, wrapped in black paper. Mary's tiny ghost hands ripped apart the paper to reveal a brand new teddy bear, almost as big as she is, with massive claws and menacing fangs. Mary gurgled a deathly gurgle as she spits out water which had been in her spectral lungs since 1950. And she smiled a wide grin at the Krampus, who then, with a wink, disappeared into another plume of smoke and brimstone. At that exact moment, the captain and his homemade half-hatch Krampus burst into the scene to a noticeably underwhelmed spirits. What did we miss? The captain inquired. The woman in white smiled a knowing smile and danced to where Scary Mary was playing with her new toy. Their mission had been accomplished, including a special visitation from a ghost no one could imagine. And as Scary Mary proclaimed, gurgle, gurgle, gasp. Gurgle, gurgle, gasp to us all, everyone, and may the Krampus bring the ghosts in your life great joy one dark Christmas Eve, too. We're rolling. Merry Christmas, boo. Merry Christmas. Uh, and also happiest of Hanukkahs. <laughs> and New Year's. And holidays abound. And happy better hair days. Ooh, that's my favorite holiday. Because when you be drinking too much eggnog the next day, you'd be waking up looking like... I have never had eggnog. <laughs> really? Yep. Why is that? No idea. Girl. Just, I don't know. Yeah. But some rum chata and some eggnog? Yeah. Be having a party for days, honey. Uh, I will be in bed by 2 p.m. <laughs> well, guys, don't, don't think that we we're not going to come back at you and ninja a mini-sode. You will never be rid of us. I know, guys. We learned our first, like, we learned our lesson from the first hiatus. We couldn't be away from you guys. Yes. Yeah. And uh, Bryce had a great idea. Let's ninja an awesome holiday mini-sode for you guys. And what better way to, you know, carry on an old tradition but to share ghost stories during Christmas. Yeah, so guys, if you've been following us on our social media, you know that this was a huge thing back in the Victoria era. The tradition of sharing ghost stories. I love it. I mean, I personally don't love it, but I like that it was like a thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? This was a huge, huge thing. Now, Bryce, can you tell me what was the biggest most famous ghost story of them all back in the Victoria ages? Uh, the most famous reindeer of all? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the, I, it has to be, uh, I almost said a tale of two cities, but I meant a Christmas carol. Was it a tale yes. of two cities? Also by Charles Dickens. So it counts. You mean Scrooge? Yeah. Scrooge. The Bill, You know, Bill Murray. Oh God. <laughs> How, what an abomination. The only version. Let the record show. 
that the only version of a Christmas Carol that I am interested in is a Muppet Christmas Carol, and that I was about to say that is the I loved. quintessential Christmas movie. Yes, I'm obsessed with it. I, that ranks number two because. Bill Murray's Scrooge is it, not, will forever be number one on my list. I do love that movie. I, it's probably one of those things that, like, whatever you grow up with, because I didn't see it actually until, like, a year or two ago. I'd mm-hmm. never seen it as a child or, like, a young adult. I just saw it very recently, Scrooge. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, my... I grew up with that movie. See, I grew up with Muppet Christmas Carol, and it was, like, my whole life. <laughs> it still is. I'm probably going to watch it when I go home tonight. It's great. Oh, I love Miss Piggy. Kermit. Uh, Kermit, it is... Ebenezer Scrooge. No, no, it was Michael Caine. Yeah, Michael Caine. Michael Caine was Ebenezer Scrooge, and Kermit was um, his assistant. I almost called him Bob Fosse. I don't know what's <laughs> happening with my brain today. Yes, his assistant, Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Bob oh, Cratchit, God. Bob Fosse. Bob Fosse. Can Bob I Fosse. be any gayer? Christmas That's the real Carol, question. Christmas Carol, you know where Bryce's head is. Yes, Chicago <laughs> meets Christmas Carol. Yes, ooh. I'd watch that. That would have been awesome. Ooh, yeah. my goodness, guys. So, real quick. Quickly, what we're going to do mm. is just give a little tidbit of history of how this was a big tradition back yes. in Victoria era. And also just, you know, lightly, you know, dip our toe into the Krampus, you know, folklore. Sure. we can't. And then we have two California ghost Christmas tales. Damn. So we have two accounts, these two stories that I found online. One happens to be in a very famous location in San Francisco. You might have heard of it, guys. Uh, Alcatraz. So this oh, one is called... That old place. We have one called A Haunted Christmas Party at Alcatraz, which is a true story that has been documented and witnessed by many. So this is a true story that was witnessed by a bunch of people. You lost me at Haunted Christmas Party? Like, no. I would love to go to a Haunted Christmas Party. It's so funny that you mentioned that because I had a friend at the gym telling me today that they went to a Haunted Christmas escape room. What? So that it was like, she was like, it was funny because the puzzles were so simple because you're so scared. You literally can't function. She's like, it's the scariest thing I've ever done. I was like, for Christmas? She's like, yeah, there was like a tree in the living room. Oh, so it's not. I'm like, that. That does not seem There's mistletoe covered in blood. Literally. Dead elves. So yeah, there's like, you know, all those like little escape rooms have like themes. This one is like that there's a spirit or like a little girl possessing this house. And that like her ghost uncle is like trying to murder you. Oh no. So like if you see him, you have to like, in the rules of the like escape room, you hide or you run. (gasps) So like he's trying to get you and you're trying to escape and then there's like this ring ghost girl and it's all like Christmassy there's like creepy minor key Christmas music playing she's like it's the scariest thing I've ever done I was like why would you do that getting some PTSD in there like every time you hear jingle bells like it's time make it stop I just want to watch like last holiday and like drink my cocoa I'm in the process of stringing popcorn for my Christmas tree like I could not be kitschier I do not want to be afraid so let's talk about these ghost stories well before we start off I have a actually I have a couple that just happened recently Oh, you, you be prepared. Oh, so God. we're talking about haunted mm, mm-hmm. uh, Christmas parties. I went to a paranormal haunted barbecue at David oh, Oman's right. house. They miss you. I assume you don't mean they, the party guests. <laughs> no. Yes. They, the spirits. How, yes. How, how are they? <laughs> They're fine. 
I've been asking about you. Oh my God. Yeah. Because like, uh, since our episode with David mm-hmm. Oman, like we've been in contact. Hey, yeah. He's been awesome. And he's, uh, been calling me and inviting both of us to his, you know, little gatherings and mm-hmm. barbecues. And Bryce is like, you know, immediately declining. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and in fairness, how late were you there? Oh, till like, I want to say till two thirty. No. See, I would, I will die. <laughs> but there was food, there was barbecue. That is very fun. I do love that. Yeah, but it was actually really cool. And David could barbecue, man. Let's just say that, like last night, I stayed up until like eleven thirty, and I almost died. Wow, so Bryce, I'm really proud of you. I know. That's I'm late. Really doing it. Oh wow. Yeah. The baby steps. Yep. Can't, can't imagine why I'm single. <laughs> well, here's a slight little Christmas, uh, well, ghost story for you all and mm-hmm. for you, Bryce. So I had my first partial apparition experience at David Whoa. Owens. Yeah. So it all started, the th- I think this was my third time at David's house for his first paranormal barbecue. And it was with a group of slightly open-minded individuals. Mm. They're, you know, kind of young, but still really cool to hang out with at this party. So we did a little seance. We had some crazy stuff happen. Nothing out of the ordinary, of course. During the seance? Uh, During the seance, one guy was um, trying to communicate with the spirit of his grandmother. And he um, asked, you know, if you're here, give us a sign. The candle on the table, like, it it was like someone, like, flicked it off of the candle bra. Oh, God, I would have left immediately. Yeah. I, I don't think I can ever do a seance. I think that's probably like a hard thing for me. That's very <laughs> insane. Yeah. So, we, But just to let you guys know, when you do a uh, ghost tour or a paranormal investigation at David's house, there is food prepared. You eat. You meet and greet with everyone. You meet with David. You do a tour of the house. And then David has a psychic that leads a seance. And wow. it's, a safe, it's a safe seance, in my opinion. Sure. We, we don't use a Ouija board. We use candle communication. So oh, we wow. light candles. And with those candles, you can communicate by asking spirits to manipulate the flame and it worked like I I mean we had some really good responses and things that we couldn't explain and this poor guy was just you know asking to communicate with his grandmother which he did and the candle just like flicked off of the little holder whoa yeah it was really crazy so here's what had happened so after the seance, we're just sitting around the third floor shooting the shit in the rec room. And mind you, the third floor in David's house is one of the most active. And it's closer to the room called the earthen room where mm. it's the exposed mm-hmm. earth in this room. And according to psychics, this is the place where there's a vortex, where there's just beings and spirits coming in and out. So we're sitting there where it's David on my right and this couple sitting on this love seat on my left. And there's a gentleman, Andrew, who is a paras- uh, paranormal investigator mm. slash demonologist. And <laughs> what are, you know, paranormal investigators slash enthusiasts doing on a Saturday night? We're having a debate about vortexes. So sure. <laughs> as we should. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm listening to David and Andrew debate. And I see Andrew walking towards David. Something is moving in the corner of my eye. And I'm thinking it's probably one of the couple's legs because they had um, one of the areas on their left seat reclined. So I'm thinking, oh, it's probably that. But it keeps on moving. And it just, it's moving rapidly. I turn and I see what looks like the back end of a dog. I see like the back end of the dog, hind legs and a tail waddling. 
and rapidly moving to the earthen wall room. And I'm processing this in my head because no one else is seeing this except for me. They're very involved in this debate. But I just saw what looked like the back end of a dog. And David does has two dogs. He has a mm. he has these medium large sized dogs. And I thought, oh, maybe they're in the room. No, they're not because they don't enter the third floor. They just don't go in. Mm-hmm. And um and I remembered like it was like this golden brown color, it was short hair. The tail was probably like, I want to say eight to nine inches long. So I, I just remembered, okay, looking at my watch and recording the time that I saw this, because when you do an investigation at his house, David wants you to record everything, mm. when it happened, where it happened, and what you saw. So it happened at 1245. And the fourth time that I was at his place, I sat down with one of David's friends, uh, Jeff, mm. who, if you've seen Paranormal Witness, I think it's the fifth or the sixth season where David's story is in um, one of those episodes. Mm. Jeff is his friend that is being interviewed. Oh, okay. So Jeff has known David for a very long time, has known him before he built the house, but Jeff has had so many paranormal experiences in that house that he could write like a three-volume set. Wow. And he's just a really nice man to talk to, mm-hmm. and he has had so many experiences in that house and I grabbed him and I was like, Jeff, I need to talk to you about something. I Mm. need to tell you what I saw this one night. So I tell him everything and he said, Oh my God, I saw the same thing three years ago while house sitting. So he tells me, let's go on the third floor and I want you to show me where you were and what you saw and just, you know, just give me like the logistics. Sure, sure. So we did that. He's like, this is amazing. This is great. Oh my God. Like you're, for one thing, you're opening yourself more to this place Mm. to which, why they're showing themselves to you. Mm. But he said, three years ago, I was house sitting for David. I was staying in one of the rooms on the second floor and I'm awoken at one thirty in the morning no. by what sounds like pitter patter, like rapid pitter patter on the wooden floor right? outside of my room. David has wooden floors in the second and first floor. And he said, I, at first I thought it was one of the dogs, but this, whatever it was outside of my room was just rapidly going back and forth. So he opens the door, turns on the light. He sees oh God. this animal. It has like a body of a dog, but a head that looked like it resembled a, a raccoon. <laughs> and he was like, it's the oddest thing I've ever seen. The thing turns to me, gives me this look, turns around and runs off and disappears to the third floor. What the fuck? He said, I went, he's, he, he really thought that something came into the house, but everything in the house is closed right. and locked. So he goes to the third floor. There's nothing there. Oh my God. And it happened again the next night and again the third night. And he, you know, he was like, this thing is just, it's just here. I think it's just inquisitive. I think it's just, you know, it's just curious and it just wanders in here. But man, this thing pissed me off so much because it would (laughs) always fucking wake me up. But for some reason, it was just running back and forth in the second floor hallway. So what you saw is, you know, what Um, I've seen a couple of years ago. And he validated it for me. A little raccoon dog. A little raccoon dog who would have known. So that happened. And then the last night that I was there, I had um, seen a shadow person. And we were doing investigation in the guest room in the third floor, which is one of the most active rooms. And it was me and five other people that can validate it. 
I saw it with my own eyes. And Lily, the psychic that was there with us, was saying, you know, do you see it? And I said, oh my God, I see it. Like I saw like a humanoid figure that looked like the blackest of the black just moving around in that room. And if you have been listening to our stories or, you know, been Mm. following us on our Instagram stories, I posted um, a recording of Lily asking whatever was in the bathroom to play the keyboard that we left as bait. Mm. And when we asked, um, when she asked the entities in the bathroom to play the keyboard, it played it on command. Yeah. (laughs) And not to mention, I was doing an EVP recording during the session of the investigation. And I I collected a couple of voices. Yeah. And I saw my first shadow person at David Oman's house. Well, were you able to see it in the footage or the, like, the angle of the camera was off? Well, no, we didn't have any cameras there present because mm. the cameras that we had, they were reflecting a lot of light, like mm. white light. Um, I only had my phone out to record, oh, you know, I see. The, yeah. yeah, to do like voice recording. Wow. But everyone in that room saw them. There were two. Sorry, just to clarify, that wasn't me being like, oh, like, I don't believe you, I want to see, but I just, like, am, like, that's so amazing. You know what I mean? Sorry. It was, it was amazing. Like, it, I just, it was brilliant. That's, that's all I so could say. Crazy. And, you know, no, we didn't feel like we were in danger. No, we weren't scared. Of course we weren't, because there's, like, seven of us in there. But, I mean, it was just brilliant. And I didn't feel like they were bad entities. They were just very inquisitive. Mm. They were very curious, because they kept on, like, trying to get into the room but lily was like you're not welcome in this space you stay in the bathroom yeah like they were they were trying to come at us like no like can i sit next to you can no 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 no. look here shadow persons (laughs) no thank you next oh my god yes Next. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. So those were my little ghost stories. That's crazy. I can't believe that my first kind of partial apparition was an animal. Sure. I was thinking, what if that was my animal spirit? Ooh. I know. I thought it, would, but Lady Gaga is my animal spirit. Right. Along with but Britney Spears. And- can we prove without a doubt that Lady Gaga isn't a raccoon dog? No. Because <laughs> I don't know that we can. So maybe she still is. <laughs> So there you have it. Those are my, like, you know, true Christmas ghost stories. Yeah. Yeah. Tis the season. Tis the season to have, like, weird raccoon dogs, like, come at you. Come at me, raccoon dog. Come at me. Well, guys, let's go into the little tidbits, the little history lesson of how spooky Christmas was back in the Victorian era. Now, we were crying on Instagram how we had to take down our Halloween decorations and leave the spooky holiday. But, guys, Christmas is a spooky holiday. Technically, it was. Yeah. You know, Christmas, as celebrated in Europe and the U.S., was originally connected to the pagan winter solstice celebration and the festival known as Yule, the darkest day of the year that was seen by many as a time when the dead would have particularly good access to the living. Oh, yeah, guys. Yes, I've seen Coco. <laughs> Go on. And then, of course, how can we forget the most famous Christmas ghost story of them all, A Christmas Carol. Yes. How can we forget the character Ebenezer Scrooge, who was visited by not three, but four ghosts? Oh, really? Well, yeah, remember it was his assistant, Marley. Oh, right, 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 right. You'll be visited by three <sighs> ghosts, Ebenezer. I literally can't. <laughs> You, if it's not in the Muppet, I was like, Hold four. Hold on, uh, let me post meet some eggnog for you. Yeah, right. Oh, my God. Like, four? But there's only the past, present, and the future. 
Ebenezer Scrooge wasn't the first fictional character to see ghosts around Christmas time. The tradition of holiday ghost stories goes much, much further back, farther perhaps than Christmas itself. When the night grows long and the year is growing to a close, it's only natural that people feel an instinct to gather together. At the edge of the year, it also makes sense to think about people and places that no, are, are no longer with us. So thus mm. comes the sharing of ghost stories. Now, this eventually dies down as we hit the Industrial Revolution, because at that time, Christmas is also dying down. Mm. People are not making enough money. It's a very stressful period. So it all died down until the early 1900s. Right. We see a big boom in it. So, mm. yeah. Weird. I know. Very, 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 very weird. And different than like... So opposite to how we do it now, I feel like. Yeah, very, very different. Well, according to the Smithsonian.com, the decline of the holiday came courtesy of Oliver Cromwell. Cromwell, the lord and protector of England in the 17th century, and a Puritan was on a mission to seek out the demons, apparently. Sure. To cleanse the nation of the most decadent excesses. <laughs> that does seem like a Puritan, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, guys, like Christmas was a holiday that not only did we, you know, knock back a couple of cocktails, but we would also invite the spirits to drink with the spirits. spirits you know what I mean? Spirits. Exactly, Love. guys. And of course, we have another story to share. During the holidays, we had the folklore um, story of Krampus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Krampus' name is derived from the German word Krampen, meaning claw, and is said to Oof. be the son of Hiel in Norse mythology, the legendary beast who also shares characteristics with other scary demonic creatures in Greek mythology, including satyrs and fauns. Hmm. Now, the legend is part of centuries-old Christmas tradition in Germany, where Christmas celebrations begin in early December. So Krampus was created as a counterpart to kindly St. Nicholas, who rewarded children with sweets, but con Krampus, in contrast, would swat wicked children, stuff them in a sack, and take them away to his lair. Damn. Yeah, according to folklore, Krampus purportedly shows up in the towns late at night on December 5th, known as, I, I'm going to butcher this, Krampenot. Krampenot. Oh, ah, yeah. Krampenot. 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 I know I butchered this. I'm going to get a lot of messages on our email. Um, Hello, or, German friends. Hello. Or Krampus Night. The next day, December 6th, is, oh my God, Nicholas Dog, or St. Nicholas Day, when children look outside their door to see if the shoe or boot they left out the night before contains either presents, a reward for good behavior, or a rod, a reward for bad behavior. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that is a little history on the Krampus. And ghost stories during the Victorian ages. Love. I oh. love history. I remember this one song, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year mm -hmm. by Will Anderson. There's mm -hmm. a there's a little like hook in the song where he says, we'll share scary ghost stories and oh. tales of the glory of Christmases long, long ago. Yeah. So there it goes. And that is a weird, like, why would it be scary ghost stories? But mm -hmm. that's just what we do now. Yeah. We're bringing it back. Exactly, guys. Look so. out, America. <laughs> Here's your new Christmas tradition. <laughs> right here, right in front of you. <laughs> well, guys, we're going to go in and share two Christmas ghost stories, Yay. two California Christmas ghost stories at that. So Bryce has one. Yes, I do. That's pretty scary as fuck. <coughs> um, 
full disclosure, <laughs> I've been kind of um, skimming little pi- like pieces of this. Just mm-hmm. in, like I hate stumbling over my words, so like I've kind of been skimming this, and already it is very scary. It's... I do not like this story oh, already. Yeah. Great. <laughs> so let's just dive right in. Let's do it. Um, back in the mid seventies, a buddy of mine bought some remote high elevation acreage in Butte County, California. It had been a Christmas tree farm at one time, which I find adorable. We used to get our tree from a Christmas Aww. tree farm. They're so cute. Completely unrelated. <laughs> one year, he gave me permission to cut a tree on his property. It was getting dark, and I came across a huge Douglas fir or pine tree stump that had a ceramic plaque attached to the base of it. My first thought was that the plaque commemorated the size of the tree or something along those lines. It was too dark to read it. Anyway, I pried it off and threw it in the back of my Jeep, thinking my buddy would probably like to have it. Which is, like, a nice thing to do as a friend, but, but don't I take, don't recommend that. No, yeah. no don't take that do, well, something that doesn't belong to you. Yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> and give know. it to somebody else. Here, here's, this, here's this plaque. <laughs> um, I took it home and placed it in a flower bed. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, thinking he would probably like to have it. I took it home and placed it in a flower bed behind a retaining wall outside of my kitchen. It was the night of December 20th. The next morning... Of course. Mm. I heard water running in the bathroom. Mm. I went in there to find the water running in the sink and the bathtub. I certainly didn't turn it on, and neither did my wife, and we're the only two in the house. I hear my wife yell from the kitchen. All four burners on the gas stove were blazing. Like, I'm just going to pause right here. (laughs) If ghosts run up my utility bill, I'm going to get real. I'm going to go Buffy on them. Like, no. That's literally so rude. It's so funny because David told me the same story that, that that happened at his house where the spirits were fucking with his water. And he's like, bitches, we're in a drought. Yeah. If you're going to live here, you're going to pay the utility. Yeah, that's right. You can either give me your little ghosty money or... or- back up off my burners but i will say this the only time i would consider using a ouija board is during the summer i will call on a ghost to you know cool up the place so i won't have to run dead oh my god that's so funny oh my god that's so good the only respect is in my bank account spirits i I think i might be okay with a ouija board in that instance because it got so hot this past summer didn't it i would have loved to summon a nice ghost be like hey can you just stand like just in the opposite corner of my apartment. Just cool up the place. Thank you. Wow. Right? It's either that or if all forms of communication, cell phone and email goes like kaput uh-huh. and I need a pizza, can I summon yeah, delivery? I would do it. Yeah, I would do it for I that would do too. It, do, that. do it for the pizza. <laughs> I, we're completely off topic. But did you <laughs> Sorry, see that guys. the story that I posted or the like picture that was like, I'll do anything for coffee. And one of our listeners, and I can't think of who it was off the top of my head, <laughs> tagged in my thing it was like would you go to a haunted house for coffee and I was like I have been clocked no I would not so you're right there are there is one thing that I would not do for coffee but and honestly if I was desperate enough I probably would you probably would if I like was on day three of no coffee and it was like the only one available Mm -hmm. I probably would you know sacrifices uh huh Mm -hmm. wig okay (laughs) Let me just get right on back to this Sorry, plaque guys. story. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, my stove was blazing. My mom called later and I told her about the strange goings on. She told me to go look at the plaque I brought home the night before. Mom knows what's up. <laughs> it was a brown lacquered clay plaque about 12 inches by 8 inches. Something made from a home kiln. The inscription read... Oh, God. I hate it. 
The inscription read, Agatha, a mourning person and free spirit, left this earth on December 21st. Don't remember if there was a year. Below that, across the very bottom, it read Mambo. From the bottom to the top on each side were two black king cobras in an erect position with their tongues extended. For a few years after that, strange things like I described above would occur on December 21st. I, oh my God, this sentence. I still have the plaque. Get rid of Uh, it. it, Especially Agatha as a morning person? Girl. No. Come on, man. That's worse than being haunted. (laughs) Um, I get up every day at five, so like, what do I even know? Mm-hmm. I still have the plaque, sure. It's still out there in the flower bed. Oh, okay. That makes it better. A fence has been built over it now. I thought about taking it back to where I found it, but quite frankly, I'd never find the spot again, and I don't want to touch it. Smart. Things were calm for a few years. Then one rainy afternoon in late December, we heard the unmistakable sound of someone creeping along in our attic. Oh, Oh, no. Above the living room. The deal is no one can walk upright in that section of the attic. We live in a wood-framed house that's over 100 years old in an old gold rush town. So strange creaks and groans aren't unusual, but this was definitely something walking very slowly above our heads. You gotta move. You've gotta move. You move. Yeah. The latest was my computer getting unplugged every two or three days. It's oh, plugged. hell no. Yeah, again. Hell no. Do not mess oh, with God. my internet. <laughs> Is she a morning person? Is she rebooting your computer? Yeah, like she's a little terror. God, get the boot out. Yeah. It's plugged into a power strip from above in a tangle of wires. No way that sucker could have come unplugged by itself, but it did time and time again. I never have felt threatened in any way, so we can live with whatever it is. That's my story. You are a much more stalwart friend than I, because no, I could not live with that. I still can get over the plaque. Like, why would you take that? I get it, because it's like, oh, if you thought it was one thing in the dark, mm-hmm. and then you, like, read... Like, literally, though, why wouldn't you read it? Weren't you just like, mm, no, no, this is, like, some a, Jumanji mm, bullshit. I'm not right? dealing with this. Right? Oh, God. It reminds me of a story that was on Netflix's show, Haunted. And in one of the stories, it was a crazy story about this girl who was given a headstone from like this plaque looking headstone from a cemetery from this guy that she was dating and the guy knocks on her door and is like close your eyes reach out your hands surprise and it was like a headstone that said the name clarence on it and she just like ends up keeping the damn thing keeps it on her dresser is looking at it and it turns out that there's like some dark entity attached to the to the headstone and then it attaches itself to her and it's just this crazy relationship between her and this ghost because the girl goes on to get married to this really adorable man and he loves her and you know the ghost is like no no bitch you're mine divorces the guy and in the show the guy is just like because the whole purpose of the show is that the person telling the story invites their friends or family members and tells them their ghostly tale Uh and he's there and there's this one point where he's in tears he's like you're the first love of my life and my only love of my life. And she's like, well, you were the love of my life. And it seems like she's still with Clarence. She's dating a ghost. She's dating a ghost. <laughs> oh, God, that is a lot. Girl, I hope he has some plan, boo. But, like, also, why would you take a... If someone handed me a headstone, I'd be like, I'm not touching that. Like, what no. you, why? Why? No. why did you vandalize a graveyard? 
because she's a spooky chick. Like she's, you know, in the in the show they portray her as like goth mm. and stuff. So. God, I can just picture. I love portrayals of goth. It's always so overdone. Like just put her in dark makeup and black lipstick. Done. She's she's goth now. No, (laughs) no, it doesn't look like that. How that works? That doesn't look like that. Sorry. Anyway, (laughs) don't take headstones from boyfriends. No, or graveyards, or just random places. This is not for you. No. Oh God, it's like getting rid of a bad ex-boyfriend. Well, whatever, with whatever is attached to it. Apparently, oh, she likes it. So. I know. <laughs> I mean, teach your own, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. So here's one called a haunted Christmas party at Alcatraz. So the island of Alcatraz off of the coast of San Francisco has a long and spooky history. In its earlier days, Native Americans allegedly used to banish miscreants to the island as punishment, where they were reportedly plagued by local spirits. Now, Alcatraz, of course, became a notorious federal prison in 1934, housing criminals such as Al Capone before it was shut down in 1963. Today, visitors to the island report hearing screams and the clanging of metal doors and the sound of voices within the walls. Even Al Capone's prison cell is known to be very, very active. One of the more famous tales associated with the island supposedly occurred in the 1940s when Warden James Johnson held a Christmas Day party at his residence for the staff at the prison. Now, the good cheer is said to have been brought to a swift halt when an apparition sporting mutton chops, whiskers, and a gray suit appeared. The temperature in the room plummeted and the fire blew out before returning to normal when the spirit disappeared about a minute later. The rattled guards were too scared to stay in the residence and the rest of the Christmas celebration ended abruptly. Man... When a mofo mutton chops and a gray suit had to like call the party off, I would be I one pissed bish. <laughs> Look, but honestly, mutton chops will always ruin a party. That's just <laughs> that's just the rule. If you bring the mutton chops, the party's over. And a gray suit, like yeah. <laughs> be ye ghost or human. Mm-hmm. If you have mutton chops, it's time to get rid of them. Yeah, guys. This has been your friendly advice from me. <laughs> No more mutton chops. I I mean, this was documented and it apparently happened. So this is what you call a haunted Christmas party. I mean, it would make sense that someplace like Alcatraz would be incredibly haunted. There certainly were many atrocities that were propagated there. So that makes sense. But like... Oof. Oof. No, no, no. But I'm sure you would love to have a guy, an apparition with mutton chops to, you know bring the party to a halt you're like mm, thank you it's 11 30 gotta go bye i know that's like that's what it took <laughs> my phone guard. hilarious what <laughs> well guys those are our ghost stories our christmas ghost. ghost stories and we challenge other podcasters that are listening Hi. to continue to share this tradition let's bring this tradition back of sharing ghost stories bryce might be in opposition with this but we ask our potter family and our listeners to carry on this tradition of sharing ghost stories 
during Christmas. It should be something that, you know, everyone should bring back because I know a lot of us were sulking about October ending, but no, Mm. December can be a pretty spooky time of the year. Yeah, look at Nightmare Before Christmas. Your neighbor still has. I know. It's really funny. Decorations. It's kind of like genius. (laughs) So my neighbor, shout out, uh, he made his own like Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween decorations and yes. they're really good. Yeah, I saw his Jack the Skeleton. I was it's like, It's like what? massive. It's like as tall as their house. It's, it's like this so wood awesome. painting. And like they have a lot more, but they like keep it up and it like kind of works because like it is a Christmas movie. It is. It's slash like slash Halloween, but it's still a Christmas movie. You know, it's so funny. I don't find it to be that Halloweeny. Is that weird? Even though the opening song is, this is Halloween. Yeah, but it's the end of Halloween, and then you watch the rest of the movie about them, like, getting ready for, I don't know. It's very weird. (laughs) It's that, like, thing where people are like, oh, Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Like, okay, sure. (laughs) One of our listeners, Mr. Spooky, he uh, sent us some pictures of his Christmas tree, and he decorated uh, Nightmare Before Christmas I love that. Yeah. It was really cool. So people have found little loopholes to, you know, create uh, create a spooky theme yeah. for the Christmas holidays. And I think there is one that I posted too on Instagram where someone decorated the Christmas tree as the haunted mansion theme from Disney. It's so detailed. I, I'm I know. I was like, damn, everything on that tree is giving me life yeah. in the afterlife. But I wish I could do that, man. That takes a lot of energy. I know. <laughs> Just imagine having to break that down in January. I would hate to do that. Yeah. You get the ghost to do it. That's true. Cool this apartment. Clean up yeah. my Christmas decorations. Pay some rent. I know. The benefits of using Ouija board. Mm, <laughs> you look into that. Mm. And this is how it <laughs> my starts. My husband would yeah. not be happy. No. <laughs> FYI, he told me, to, you know, that, that Ouija board we had made with mm-hmm. our logo? He was like, can you not have that in the house, please? Mm-hmm. So now it's been at my job. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there. Yeah. It only lights on fire every once in a while. Every once it's in a while. It, it, it does. It scares the crazy coworkers away from my shop. So it oh, works out. In that case, continue. Continue, right. Well, guys, that is it for our little mini sewed. I'm actually proud of ourselves. 37 minutes. Oh, wow. I'm shocked. I, I, do, I, I take mini as like a light suggestion. <laughs> and then one time. And then we just like veer off going, to another direction. By the time you know it, it's already 2019. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. That's yes. going to be weird. I can barely understand that it's December. I know. We blink and it's already January, February. Uh, and we blink and it's already spring. My goodness. Yeah. How time flies here. All right, guys. Well, if you're listening to this towards the end of December or if you're listening to this, you know, why so wrapping Aww. your gifts, we wish you a Merry Christmas, guys. And um, I want to throw this, too, because I know we're, we're going to be still taking our break. Mm-hmm. But um, December 31st, you know what that is, Bryce? The last day of the year. No, that's our anniversary. Is it really? It's our podcast anniversary, December 31st of 2000 and what is it? 17? 18? 17. 17. Whoa. I did not realize that. We recorded our first episode. Now, is this the wood holiday or the metal holiday? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, That's crazy. Yeah. We did it. We did it a whole year. Damn. Guys, we gave ourselves six months and here we are. Yeah. On a break. (laughs) 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 Woo! 
we'll be back guys yes. in january don't worry we're still you know getting some ideas together mm-hmm. we definitely want to evolve we definitely want to bring some spooks and some true crime stories to you so watch out for that very very soon and don't forget guys to keep in communication with us follow us on our facebook mm-hmm. and our other social media apps you can follow us on facebook and instagram at holly weird paranormal and on twitter at hwp podcast want to definitely binge listen to our episodes or any past episodes or just like repeat the episodes that you just like listen to like you know maybe an hour or two ago (laughs) please go on itunes apple podcasts and google podcasts spotify blueberry of course our bays and Castbox, and wherever you get your podcast fix we're there We're we're everywhere yes we are Mm. (laughs) (laughs) all right guys take care bye bye and happy holidays happy holidays